Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So we are in a series. This is week two. Greg started last week. It's called Seeds and Swords. If you're not sure what that means, if you weren't here last week, let me quickly recap for you. Greg talked about Moses last week and the, the scripture that he got started with was from Psalm 103, verse 7, and it says, talking of God, He made known His ways to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. His ways to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. And in a nutshell, Greg was talking about this idea that Moses was someone who went after the heart of God and who saw the heart of God, who understood the ways of God, as opposed to the people of Israel who saw his deeds many times from afar, but were very much disconnected from the heart of God. And Greg kind of talked about this idea that we need to seek the heart of God like seeds. Let them be planted, his, his nature, his ways, his character. Let them form who we are as people and how we live our lives rather than being the kind of people who are spectators. We see God acting, but it's apart from us. We're not involved in the process. We might see something in our lives even, but we're not someone who God is using out there as a sword for his glory. Amen. So that's basically the idea. Seeds uh, were the ways of God and deeds were the sword of God. God's actions. People saw his acts in the world, but only Moses understood his ways. And we want to understand his ways like Moses. We're going to talk about David today. David was described as the apple of God's eye. Wouldn't you love to be known as the apple of God's eye? Uh, he was a king of Israel. Obviously, if you know any of his history, there were some serious blunders in his life, but he finished well for the Lord. And, and we, we talk about him still today. He's written about in the Bible. He left a fantastic legacy as a leader and as a king. Um, he was known as the apple of God's eye, but the thing I really want to point out today and draw out is this whole idea that he was a worshiper at heart. You know, I want to talk about worship today. I want to talk about praise today. And I want to tie that into this whole idea of seeds and swords so that we can actually apply some stuff to the way that we worship and praise and see greater impact in our own personal lives and God use us more effectively in the world. So, uh, there's a psalm. Psalm 25, verse 4. I just want to share this verse before we read that uh, particular portion of Scripture. I find it fascinating that in uh, Psalm 103, it talks about Moses, how God made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. And then in Psalm 25, verse 4, listen to this prayer that David prays. Show me your ways, Lord. Show me your ways, Lord, meaning your manner and your character, and teach me your paths, your way of living. See that? He separates this whole idea that we, we need to understand the nature and the character and the ways of God, and that will impact the way that we pursue his paths, his, his way of living. He's got a way for us to live, but if we don't understand or know God as a person, then it just becomes a list of do's and don'ts. Amen? And so we want to talk about worship in this context. I, I want to talk about worship so that we 
Maybe you've been guilty in the past of thinking of worship as just a part of the service, but the real deal is the preach, right? Like worship is just a bit of a filler in, in, in amongst the service to bulk it up. You know, if you, if you do a funeral or a wedding, there are a few bits that are legality. They have to be in there, but the rest, you can just fill it up with what you like. Whereas worship is a whole lot more than just a filler. It's an encounter. Everybody say encounter. Worship is an encounter with God. If you're not encountering with God, you're not really doing the thing that we call worship. You're singing. Amen? We're not here to have a sing song, although that's fun. We have the opportunity to encounter the living God. And I want to talk about how we can do that today. So let's go to Psalm, one, so, sorry, Psalm 25, um, and we're going to read from verse 1. This is David praying. In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways, this is phenomenal, just let this sink into you. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful towards those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. There's a lot of worship going on in that portion of scripture. Let's remember this idea today that worship is an encounter uh, as we move on from here. I had lunch with a friend this week <clears throat> who had said he wanted to chat about some stuff. I know he'd been struggling with a few issues in his life. And uh, he said, can we meet? Uh, I want to just share some of the things and just chat with you about it. So I agreed and I looked forward to the opportunity. But what's important to remember is when I was kind of preparing myself for that lunch, I was preparing myself to go and hear what my friend was saying, to really understand what's going on in his life, so that at least, you know, there's that idea that a problem shared is a problem halved, amen? 
Sometimes our own headspace is a very claustrophobic space. And this opportunity to just talk about stuff can make the world a difference. Uh, I was hoping that in amongst the chat, I might be able to offer him um, an unbiased perspective on things and maybe uh, try and work out why some of the issues are happening that he has in his life and maybe even offer him some words of advice from the point of view that maybe it will help him to see something he didn't see before uh, or maybe just enforce maybe what he thought he should be doing so he could go away and do something different and get different results. Amen? It's important to understand parts of this process of me having lunch with my friend. It involved the approach. Okay, everyone say the approach. It involved the encounter. Everyone say the encounter. And it involved the response. Say the response. Okay. Three things for us to bear in mind as we come to worship the Lord. Okay. Firstly, it matters how we come into worship and how we position our hearts and our minds. Amen. We can't stride in completely thinking about all sorts of other things, having our minds full of things about what's coming in the next week or what have you, and effectively encounter God. We have to try and somehow clear that all out, ask Him to help us where we need to, and we have to come with an open mind, willing, like I was willing to hear what my friend was saying. We have to come humbly to the Lord. We, when we come humbly, we're saying, God, you're God, I'm not. I have nothing to offer you but my praise. You have so much that I don't understand, that I want to know of you. I, God, reveal yourself to me. Like David prayed, Lord, show me your ways. When we're coming to worship, we're not just coming to sing the lines on the screen. We're coming to actually engage with God himself. The Bible says he's here in our midst. Where two or more gather, the Bible says God's in the midst. And we know that even more than that, the Bible says as believers we have him living in us. So we bring him here. But there's something about a collective worship experience. And it's important that our hearts are set so that we can get the maximum out of our conversation with God. Amen? We start out not talking, talking, but actually worshiping him. Amen? You are great, Lord. You are good. You're kind. You're faithful. Everything that you do is upright and faithful. These are all acts of, I mean, words of adoration to the Lord. The approach is so important. We come humbly, we come expectant, we come open, and we're saying, Lord, I'm coming to be changed. This is worship. I'm coming to be changed by your presence. It's like we're plowing the soil of our heart so that it's turned over and ready for any seed that God wants to plant in our hearts. Amen. So that's the, impro the approach. Then we have the encounter, where we're reflecting on God. This is worship for me. If we talk about praise and worship, naturally when I say worship, I'm thinking of the quieter, more meditative kind of worship. It's soft, it's intimate. Um, and then when I talk about praise, I'm talking, this is how I'm talking. Maybe you understand the same or not. Praise for me is the more upbeat, the more... Uh, evocative, kind of the dancing, the shouting, the praising God with clapped hands, with our voices, etc., etc. okay? Worship for me is when we're having those intimate times with the Lord where we're reflecting on Him and His ways. 
And it's in that time when, I don't know if you've had this happen, I've had this happen countless times in my life, where we're, we're just focusing on the Lord, we've come and we've said, God, I'm just so hungry for more of you, just reveal your glory to me today. Like Greg was preaching, Moses said to God, God, reveal your glory to me. And, and in those moments while we're still, and we're not chattering away with our prayers to the Lord, we're just saying, God, I'm open, he deposits seeds, faith seeds in our hearts. We, we sing a line of a song and suddenly it just really resonates with something inside of us. And we, we're like, mm, wow, there's a connection, amen? Something ignites. We've, we learn something about God maybe or we're reminded something about God that we forgot and, and something in, in, inside of us ignites and comes a light. It's a self-germinating seed. You know, God deposits it in us and it has its own power to fulfill itself, but we have a part to play in making that come through. Amen? We've plowed our hearts open when we've come before the Lord. On our way to church, we said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry if, for what I said to my wife or how I treated this other person or my thoughts or, or what I was doing. Forgive me for that, God. I just want to encounter you today without any obstacles. That's how we've approached. Then we're in worship. We're encountering God, and he deposits the seeds in our lives. And that's great. But what we do next is paramount. Okay, What we do next with that seed makes all the difference in the world. If we don't quickly cover that seed, like take ownership of it and say, yes, this is for me. Now, I believe you, God, by faith. What I'm hearing or understanding now, I've accepted it. I'm owning it. I'm going for it. It's like we quickly, we love that seed and we want to protect it and we cover it with soil so it can germinate. Now, that's a picture for you, but what I'm talking about now is how we take ownership in terms of our actions, and we take ownership in terms of our worship. In that moment, when God deposits a seed in our lives and something ignites, faith comes alive in us, we say, yes, now what am I gonna do? And for me, that's where praise begins. Praise begins when we cover that seed and take ownership. So how, how does that happen in a kind of worship praise context? That happens when we now start declaring that truth over ourselves. You know, words have power, amen? Thoughts are powerful, but when thoughts are spoken, life ignites spiritually in those words. And so for me, when we take ownership of a line or a song or a theme, um, we're now saying, yes, Lord, I believe, I agree, and I start to speak that over myself. When I'm singing these words, Lord, I'm saying this is for me or, or this is for my situation or this is for my member of family. There's something different going on now as, as opposed to I'm encountering God. Now I've had something ignite inside of me and I'm gonna put it into action. And it begins with words, it's like we've said, yes, Lord, and we're starting to pull the sword out of our sheath. Now, this is important, okay, because I think typically a lot of us are really good at the quiet stuff, but the, the, the upbeat stuff seems awkward, and it seems foreign, it seems uncultural maybe, 
Um, but I believe that there's a culture, a heavenly culture here that we can take hold of where we pull a sword out of its sheath and we start to swing it around and make a difference. Amen? And that's how I kind of want to talk for the rest of my sermon today. There's got to be a shift in our posture as a believer and something happens in the way that we are worshiping now. We're going into praise and God's power is being released because that idea of a sword is that it's a weapon. And it's only good when we've got it in our hands and we're swinging it. Amen? Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So, it's a spiritual battle. Amen? What happens in praise is we're wielding a spiritual weapon. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have, listen to this, divine power to demolish, obliterate strongholds, spiritual strongholds. So, we have a weapon. So let's talk about our weapons. I want to finish talking about praise, but there are others. And, and actually, praise incorporates all of these things. What are our five spiritual weapons that we have as believers? Number one is the Word of God. Amen? It's truth. That's a weapon, let me tell you. When you are unsure about truth and you read God's word, it pierces darkness. Let me read uh, a few verses. Jeremiah 1 verse 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You've seen well. Listen now. For I am watching over my word to perform it. That's what the NRSV says. I'm watching over my word to perform it. God's word is powerful. When we let it come off of our lips God is watching and listening because he wants to perform that word in our lives so when we sing songs of worship and songs of praise they are full of God's word or they should be because it's truth amen and when we sing those words we're not glibly just singing a song we're waving a sword at the darkness and we're lunging into the darkness so that's one of our weapons the second weapon that we have is the name of Jesus uh, Philippians 2, 9 to 11 says, Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, that means when we speak the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, every knee shall bow and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord in the glory of God or to the glory of God the Father. The name of Jesus, there's no other name that has the power of the name of Jesus. When we're in praise and we shout out the name Jesus, it's not just the name. It's the name of the King of all kings. We're summoning His presence into the moment when we say His name. And His name has power. Every knee has to submit to the name of Jesus. The third weapon that we have is the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12, 11, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They understood the power of the blood, the work, the finished work of Jesus in their lives, and their testimony was to that fact that Jesus had done it all, that he had the name above all names, that his blood had broken the power of sin and the Bible says they triumphed over the enemy because of the name and the blood 
of Jesus. Amen. The fourth weapon is the weapon of prayer. Acts 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And you know how that story went. Amen. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. All the body of the church were praying, and the Bible, I'll do it now, it's a different story to what I'm going to share later. And Peter was in the cell, angel of the Lord appeared to him, his shackles fell off, the door was opened because the family of God were praying. And we've heard that today, haven't we? For Tony and Annie. When we agree together, there's a power released in the name of Jesus that cannot be stopped. And a lot of the songs that we sing are prayers to God, aren't they? So you can see, the word of the Lord, our songs are full of the word. The name of Jesus, our songs are full of the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, they sing about his death on a cross and what he achieved for us. There are songs of prayer. The fifth thing I want to talk about and finish with today is the whole idea of praise. And I want you to think in terms of the spiritual atmosphere. When we praise, we change the spiritual atmosphere. Psalm 22 verse 3 in the New King James says, You are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Wherever praise is, the presence of Jesus is. If it wasn't there before, and you walked into that place, and you praised Jesus, his presence was there. That's what the Bible tells us. The atmosphere changes with praise. Do you remember the story I want to give you four stories today just to help you understand. The story of Saul. The Bible says that God withdrew his spirit from Saul and it says that Saul was um, disturbed by an evil spirit. And when he felt this moment or these moments and he felt that presence, he would call for David. David would come and sing and play his harp to the Lord in the presence of Saul, and that evil spirit departed. And I, I don't know if you've ever had it before. I've, I've, I've had thoughts and all sorts running through my mind. Uh, I've been feeling maybe overwhelmed or whatever it may be, just not at peace, and I've put on some music on my phone, some praise and worship, and something just changes. Um, I haven't prayed a particular prayer or done a particular thing, but I just feel my spirit lift. I want to tell you, folks, you can spend your time listening to the latest hits on Radio 1, but that's not going to change the spiritual atmosphere in your life one iota. Amen? There's something about the praises of God that changes the atmosphere. The second story is the story of Jericho, when uh, the people of Israel wanted to go into Jericho, and it had big walls defending it. And uh, God told uh, the Israelites to put the praises in front, not the warriors, but the worshippers in front to march around the walls seven times to give a loud shout and God would break through for them. They did what he had said. They praised. They gave a loud shout. And what happened? In the physical realm, the walls of the city fell down. There's power in praise. Amen. Are you getting it? Or are you half asleep? Are you nodding off? There's another story in uh, the book of Chronicles 
where the people of Israel have enemies coming against them and they're stressing out and Jehoshaphat prays to the Lord and, and God speaks to Jehoshaphat and tells him what to do and says, listen, do this. You will not have to fight today. I will fight for you. And so they did the same. They put the praises out there and there comes a particular moment where they raise up a shout and what happens is the, the kingdoms of heaven intervene on their behalf half, and their enemies begin to fight each other and the people of Israel walk through because of praise. God fights for us when we bring his presence in praise. And my last story is the story of Paul and Silas in prison. I wonder how you'd be feeling if you had been serving the Lord, you'd been accused of something that you didn't really do, and you were thrown in prison for it. My guess is part of you would be pretty downbeat. Amen? Like, this is so unfair. Lord, what's going on here? I stood up for you, and now I'm in jail. Where are you in all of this? But the Bible tells us that Paul and Silas prayed and they worshipped and something tremendous happened. An earthquake. Shackles fell off of their hands. The prison doors flew open. Not just their prison door, but the doors to all the other prisoners. There's a, there's a lesson for us in this in terms of God's people in any environment, when they praise Him, His presence comes, He breaks through for them, and non-believers feel the benefits too. You didn't get that. Shall I say it again? The believers in a situation when they're all by themselves and it all seems like they're backed against the wall and the world is against them, praying and praising so that everyone else can hear them probably thinking these guys are nutters. Irregardless, they carry on and a freak of nature happens in the sense that an earthquake takes place because God's intervention. Their shackles fall off, not just uh, Paul and Silas, but everybody else's shackles or prison doors are broken free as well. When we praise God on behalf of other people who don't even know Him, they feel the benefit of it. Your family members, your friends, your co-workers who don't know Jesus. When we go to God in prayer and praise, miracles happen. Miracles happen. So here's what I want you to understand. Paul and Silas were in an atmosphere of prison. Amen? But they did not let the atmosphere of prison get inside them. What did they do? They brought the atmosphere of heaven. I'm talking to you today. I know I am. Often we find ourselves in the world in situations where we feel the atmosphere of prison around us and the temptation is to say oh this is horrible this is rubbish we tell our friends you can't believe what's going on in my life right now please say a prayer for me you know like we've just surrendered and we've allowed that atmosphere of prison to invade us instead of realizing that we have the name of above every name we have the blood of Jesus. We have his word on our lips. We have the opportunity to pray. We get people praying with us, but we don't live like people full of prison. 
We live like people full of heaven. Light shining in the darkness. Amen. I don't know if you guys are getting it today. Maybe you're not feeling it. I want to say today as I draw it to a close, worship is a time for seed planting. Those quiet times is when we just come humbly before the Lord. He plants his seeds in there. He encourages us. He reminds us who he is and how good he is. And something ignites inside of us. His spirit power turns on a light. And then we go into praise. Amen? We take that seed and we say, yes, let it grow in me. And we start to declare things. We've gone past the process of prostrating before the Lord and and seeking Him and adoring Him. Now faith is alive in us and we're speaking and we're acting out of great faith. Praise is a time for boldness. Praise is a time for fierceness. Amen? For a time of courage. For taking hold of promises. Not, oh, it would be nice if I had it. But God, you said it, and I thank you for it right now. Amen? Not like, well, God, if you see me over here in the corner and you're feeling generous today, maybe you'll help a guy out. His promises are for all of us. Amen? And we take them by faith. It's a war cry. I'm encouraging you quiet by nature people to let the fire of God burn in your belly. It might seem weird in the world, but there is nothing more appropriate than fierceness and boldness and a a war cry to come out of your belly in the presence of God. That is the reason that we have God for breakthrough. Amen. That's what we're after. We're not after continuous shackles. We're after freedom. Praise is a time for freedom, for dancing, for shouting, for claiming in the name of Jesus, for breaking chains, for freedom, for posturing ourselves for battle, for celebrating victory. We have it. In Jesus, all his promises are yes and amen. We're not waiting for a moment when that promise becomes applicable to us. The Bible says Jesus did it. It's a done deal. It's finished. There's nothing that we have to add to the process that flicks a switch. God is good. That's it. It's settled. He's faithful. He's kind. He's for you. He's blessed you. He wants good to come to you. When we sing, your goodness is running after me, that's not just a nice sentiment. That's reminding our souls who we are what God has done for us, what we're believing Him for. So when it comes time to praise, we're not like, (laughs) I feel weird, everyone's looking at me. No one's looking at you. We're looking at God, amen? And our acts are for the audience of one. And so I never want you to feel conspicuous in this place. Never, ever, ever. Because God is speaking to you and he's working in your life and he wants to encourage you. He wants his power to break out in your life, not just for the heroes, but for you too. And we go boldly and we take it for him. I've felt like over the last few weeks there has been a shift. 
there's been a shift when I kind of have been trying to gauge how things are going on a Sunday and I've been looking around not to see who the best praiser is, but just to get a feel for where we're at at a body, you know. I felt like something different has been happening. Now I know it feels slightly weird and that affects us as we come because suddenly we feel like we're smaller today. But what I've felt is that God's depositing something in our midst. That when it comes to the idea of praise and that loud upbeat part, we're growing into something. Something's been released in our presence that's going to shape our future. I want to say more Lord for you and for me. More Lord Let's go for it. Amen? Let's believe God for every single thing that he said. Let's take hold of it. Let's pick up our swords, folks, and let's say, I'm in. I'm not going to hide in the corner and watch other people fight. I'm fighting the devil too in the name of Jesus. So when it comes to praise, let's put it into practice. Amen? Let's see God's sword impact our families, our lives, our workplace, our friends, our communities, this island, Europe, nations around the world. Amen? Let's go for it all. Let's not be settled and complacent and happy with little because there's always more than you can ever imagine. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.